Good morning. God bless you. Last week, Pastor Garrett reminded us that we are part of God's family. That we've been adopted by the blood of Jesus Christ. That a decision was made, that a price was paid, and now we have a new family. We're going to start this morning in the book of Colossians, and we're going to go to chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, we'll start in verse 21, it says, And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach before him. To reconcile means to exchange, equal for equal. Think of four quarters and a dollar, okay? Jesus Christ exchanged his life for yours, to bring you into a family, to make you part of his family. When Jesus Christ died, he did so that you would be bought into a new family. And he presents you, he exhibits to you before, his, before the Father, holy and blameless. You are on display before God in perfection. Think about a museum ex- exhibition. Right? Every piece is presented and carefully crafted. Right? Everything is restored perfectly. The lighting and presentation are adjusted to show every piece of that exhibit in all of its splendor. And you are that piece. Presented before God, holy, blameless, and above reproach. Now we have to change the way that we perceive ourselves. We have to change the way that we behave and the way that we act to represent that presentation. And there is a change also in the way that we perceive and the way that we treat other people. Go to Matthew chapter 28. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus Christ speaks to his disciples, and he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. There is a lot up in the air right now. We have... um, Election news that's going on. We have, uh, you know, potential uh, shelter-in-place orders that are coming down the pike. We have increased COVID cases. But let's be very clear on something, okay? All of that noise aside, all the shifts aside, our job remains the same. Our job as disciples does not change with circumstance. We are to preach Christ. We are to teach We are to be the examples. We've identified that the actions or the call of a disciple are to love God, right? To make the choice to seek God and his will above our own. To love people, to desire the best for someone in their life according to God's will above our own. And to serve the world. To serve the world is the natural reaction to uh, the natural, naturally occurring Uh, action of loving people. You serve when you love people. You serve because you love people. 
Now, distraction is the easiest way for the devil to hamstring the Christian church. When we're distracted by anything that is not this, discipling, we are missing the mark. Plain and simple. But we don't have to fret. It doesn't end, right? All we have to do is recognize that change. We refocus our effort. We refocus our, uh, our priority appropriately to God and to Jesus Christ and start again. There is division today. To not acknowledge that division would be, to, would be willingly ignorant. And the Christian church cannot afford to be willingly ignorant today. There is division. Politically, racially, theologically. And that is why it is so very important for us, the body of Christ, the Christian church, the disciples of Jesus, to keep the main thing, the main thing, and that is Jesus Christ. We have a responsibility to lead by example. As the church leads in love, people are unified under the head, Jesus Christ. In John chapter 13. Verse 34, Jesus Christ says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Verse 35, By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. People will know that you are a disciple because of your love for others, not because you pray well, not because you stand on a stage, not because you perform signs, miracles, and wonders, but because your life is a reflection of, of God's nature. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. It doesn't matter if you have been in this church, and by church I mean body of Christ, for one day, or a or 10 years, or 20 years, or 50 years, or if you are overseeing all of the churches under Jesus Christ, your goal is the same. Your call is the same. Your impact is the same. Chapter 5 of Ephesians, verse 1 says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Christ loved the church and he gave himself for it. He held nothing back and our instruction is to love with that same output. People will know you are disciples because of the love that you have. The love that you have for people and the love that we walk in are both the same word love. It's a Greek word agapeo. Okay? It is God's love manifested in action. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy 1.5 says, The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. Our goal is love that issues forth. It comes from the center of who we are. The very being comes forth from a pure heart. 
Philippians chapter 2. We'll go there now. We'll look at the foundation of loving people. Philippians chapter 2. Start in verse 3. It says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or, or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only on his own interest, but also on the interest of others. Okay? So we're going to do a little exercise. The handful of people that are here making this all work, and all of you guys at home, repeat after me, please. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not. It's about Christ. Okay? This is the foundation for loving people. Back to Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 22, verse 34. Jesus Christ. Uh, so, we'll just start. Verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he, had, that he, Jesus Christ, had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question. And he said, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great commandment, the first commandment. And the second, verse 39, is like unto it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So we love God and we love our neighbor. Well, who's our neighbor? Literally, it's all of the people in your immediate proximity. And that changes every time you move. The people that are physically in your realm are your neighbors. And the people that you're talking to online are your neighbors. And the people that we are disagreeing with or agreeing with are your neighbors. And our job... One is to love those people. Your interactions with people are going to make are, are, are an example. Let that example be one that glorifies God. Your job is not to argue someone into transformation. Your job is to love. God will facilitate the change in their heart and the transformation that takes place shortly after that. But your job is only to love. It's not to point out where people are always wrong. It's not to tell them how to do it the right way. It is to love them. It is to show them. It is to teach them in love by example. Love is job one. And that's why Paul refers to love as the more excellent way in 1 Corinthians 12. In terms of displaying God's power and nature, love is more effective than the gifts of Holy Spirit. The way of love is more excellent. It is the more excellent way to represent God. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and we'll look at the nature of love. And subsequently, the nature of God. Verse 4 in 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It does not insist on its own way. <laughs> it is not irritable or resentful. Verse 6, it does not rejoice in wrongdoing. It rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things and believes all things. Love hopes all things and endures all things. In the, um, in the NIV version, uh, verse 5 reads that love keeps no record of wrong. The nature of the unseen God and 
the nature of Jesus Christ, our Lord, is love. And this is the nature that we are to become, transformed into, not to just model, not to just reflect, but to be. Love is the motivation to do well. It's not an action. It is the condition that drives the action. It is what we become. And in that we set the example. Second Timothy chapter 3. Verse 16, it says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That's teaching how to be righteous. Training in righteous, righteousness is teaching you how to become righteous. So that, as Christians, we would be complete and equipped for every good work, for all good works. See, you have been equipped to love. And you can love people in that without the risk of being hurt by them. That means whether it's received or not, it doesn't fall on you. It's not about you, remember? So your job stays the same, to love people. And if they receive it, great. There's going to be wonderful change in that. And if they don't, you know what? That's okay too. Because God is still powerful and God is still God. And God is going to make a fruit bear. He promises that. God's love is not a function of you. True love, the nature of God, is reflected by you as an extension of God through you. It's not something you can do. It's something you can provide. (laughs) If love was just what we could produce in a moment or for a person, then it would be variable and finite. It would be dependent on circumstances, and God's love is not. No doubt you've probably experienced love like that in your life outside of the love of God. That kind of love is fickle and it's based solely on what you have uh, provided or gotten, what you can get from someone else. It's all dependent on something. And then as soon as something changes to disturb the goodness that you're receiving or providing, love changes from love to something else. In contrast, as an extension of God, True love is a source that we are filled with by him. And there is no limit to the love that you can then have for people because there is no limit to the source of love. And that's why when somebody blows it, it doesn't hurt. Because God is my provider, because God is my place of rest, because God is my strength. And I don't expect the people in my life to fill those roles. That is God's job. He facilitates strength and love and rest and peace. And when I abide, he provides. God has poured out love into our hearts so that we can be transformed by love for the purpose of love. This is what you are for. This is your purpose. This is what allows us to value ourselves and the people around us the way that Jesus Christ did so that we can love to the fullest extent of need and not be hurt and not feel emptied. In John 12, 48, Jesus Christ says that to whom much is given, much will be required. You have received much love. You're now required to give much love. 
to listen to this and do anything different would be willingly ignorant of the thing that you've been called to do. And you can't afford that. Love with no exception of reciprocation. God is for us and we can be for people. There's nothing outside of his scope and there is nothing that he won't use to bring glory to his great name. Garrett wrote that recently. And that's truth. (laughs) Through the Holy Spirit, he can work through us today to impact tomorrow. Today, as you interact with people face-to-face or through technology, you will let them know by your actions that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and we'll close here. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse 14. But thanks be to God who in Christ leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. Through you, the knowledge of God is being spread like a fragrance. The impact of a fragrance is this, right? When you spread butter, you can spread it in one spot for as much as you have, right? But when somebody's cooking and you walk up to the house and you smell that, that is fragrance. There's not enough food to to equal the amount of smell that there is. Led in triumphant uh, procession. The fragrance of knowledge of God is spread everywhere. Verse 15, for we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved. Love is step one. Love sets the stage for the greater thing. It is how people know that you are his disciple. God bless you. Thanks, Father, for this day. Thank you, God, that your love is in us. Thank you that you are for us. Thank you that we can be for people and that we can help people, that we can love people, that we can transcend uh, disagreement and, and news and um, circumstance. And we can keep focused on you and we can love as an example and we can unify people under the banner of Jesus Christ with our actions in love. Thank you, God, that you are mighty and that you bring about the change. Father, help us to keep job one, job one, to love people. The way you love, the way Jesus loved. And it's in his name that we pray and give you thanks and glory today. Amen. God bless you. Thanks, Pastor Steve. Man, that is so good. You know, Christ gave us that perfect example of, of how to love. And something I've been meditating a lot this week on is this verse in Hebrews. It's in Hebrews chapter 3, excuse me, chapter 2, verse 18. For because he, which is Jesus, has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. You know, our call and our mission is to love. That's the design we've been created into as we live through Christ. But I think we all understand that it's sometimes challenging, you know, um, to love. And what this verse is declaring and the truth that this brings is that 
Jesus is not only seated at the right hand of God, but he is actually able to help us when we are tempted not to love. Um, and this is our life that we get to live through Christ. See, as one who follows Jesus, it's not like we are set on you know, this road to walk on our own. We have a Lord. We have a helper. We have one who is uh, leading us into what he's calling us into, this love that Pastor Steve just spoke on. And so just know that you have a Lord that is able to help you in those challenging times. So we just praise God for that. You know, we praise God for giving us a leader in his son, a Lord in whom we can follow and lean on for help when we don't necessarily feel like being loving or we're being tempted to display something other than that nature of God. So I thank you for joining us this morning. I know you're going to have a great week. And uh, we're here, you know, you know, we're here to pray with you. We're here to, to talk with you. Um, if you ever want to reach out, you know, you've got, um, you've got our numbers here. So we just love you and we thank you for being steadfast, being steadfast in prayer. Just because you're not in the building here, that doesn't mean that you can't get a hold of some of the brothers and sisters in Christ and link up and pray together this week because we know that our country needs it. We know that to bring down the mighty power of God and to partner with him, he has given us a voice to raise up to him as he's called us to be literally boots on ground here on this earth to bring heaven into the realm of this kingdom of the world. So we sure love you, and I speak from all of us here at Grace, and we're just thankful for your support, your partnership. Prayer for us in this season is the greatest thing because we totally believe, and I've said this before, that God's greatest days are still ahead. What might seem like backward momentum, we actually are fired up and excited to see how God is working in these situations because God does his very best work when things from the outside don't look so ideal. He's proven that time and time and time and time and time and time and time again. So we sure thank you for your prayers as you partner with us as we move the word of God. So we love you. We thank you. And as always, we are so appreciative of all your financial support and the ways that you partner 